my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Haworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. And we had a lot to talk about, especially since I was off on Monday. Uh, we talked about our elected officials' obsession with sending as much of our taxpayer dollars to Ukraine as physically possible. We talked about Bob Menendez, gold bars, and how, as, the, as, as Americans, we really do deserve a, a much better, smarter class of gangster. Um, yeah, they just don't make criminals how they used to. Um, and, and a lot more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Ian Howarth. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Howard. Ian, how you been, man? Good morning, Brady. Doing well. How are you doing? I, uh, you know, the, the, the baby got me sick again. I, uh, I didn't know this until very recently, but babies are just covered in germs. I'm, I'm really not used to the whole getting sick constantly thing, but uh, <clears throat> I suppose it's an adjustment I'm going to have to make here. Turns out little things that eat food off the floor, not the cleanest. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So I was off on Monday hacking up along all day. Um, so we have even more to get to than usual. I uh, we got to start with with the Ukraine war. I predicted on on Wednesday's show last week um, that Congress would carve out some kind of provision where Ukraine still gets billions of taxpayer dollars even if the government shuts down. Um, and it only took the government like 18 hours to prove me right. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I don't know, I might be 50-50 on this prediction, but no, they they went for it right away. Um, it really is incredible, man. The government will keep the military-industrial complex happy and prolong this war at the expense of literally anything, <laughs> anything else. You know, it's, it's quite literally their top priority. You know, Democrats, Republicans, all of them. Well, there's just too much money to be made. I mean, especially if you look at this as if you look at conflicts of really the last 50, 60 years, there's always been a downside to the U.S. in terms of human capital. Like We've had to send our own people to go fight these wars. This is the perfect situation. We've got another country that's doing all the fighting. All we have to do is provide them with billions of dollars that go straight back into the pockets of a bunch of these people who have stock and all of these companies. And you don't think there's money going under the table to various people too. So it's a win-win for them. They get to cheer and say that they're heroes fighting against the evil Russians, but not actually risk a single thing. So they're going to keep this going as long as they can. They've got nothing to lose. And I, 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 people have already moved on from this, um, but we have to bring it up. 60 Minutes did a report on Sunday, and I mean they framed it as like a positive thing, <laughs> but um, that revealed that American taxpayer dollars are doing more than just lining the defense contractors' pockets. So they can send weapons over there. Apparently, we're also paying the salaries of 57,000 Ukrainian first responders and propping up tens of thousands of Ukrainian small businesses to help their economy. Ian, I mean, our government hates the American people more than you've ever hated anything in your entire life. I mean... What an absolute insult. I mean, these are the same people that called us non-essential and shut down our businesses, and then they prop up businesses in Eastern Europe with money they stole from us at gunpoint. I mean, 57, we're paying the salaries of their first responders. This is, this is incredible stuff. And, and I'm, I assume all of this is in this stopgap measure that all, the, all, the, all this funding will probably continue even if our government shuts down. I mean, man, we cannot defund Ukraine fast enough. I mean, I, 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 I think that funding the Ukrainians is still polling north of 50% nationally, which is incredible, but I have to imagine, with some of these revelations coming out, and we're going to get to the Nazi stuff in a second, but I have to imagine that the American people aren't going to put up with this indefinitely. It's just not our job. I think the frustrating thing I have sometimes is people always say, oh, we're not spending money on this, but we're spending money here. That's not really the issue for me. The issue is we should not be spending money there, even if we had a surplus. That is not our job to be keeping the economy of another country going just because. Like it's doing no favors for us. It's of no benefit to us. 
in any economic way, in any kind of foreign policy way. All we're doing is we are buying favor with a country that is corrupt as hell. That is, that's probably the reason why people are doing it. Like there's a lot of these, you know, in the shadows agreements going on. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, I got your, your uh, son that job. You better make it worth my while now. There's, there's no reason to be funding the Ukrainian economy. It's just absurd. Where do we stop? There's economies struggling all over the world. Should we just be paying their people too? It makes no sense. That is not the purpose of the American government. Even if we had the money, which arguably we don't, we should not be doing it. It's just okay. absurd, absolutely absurd that money is coming out of the, the pockets of everyday Americans and going to a Ukrainian. It makes no sense. I mean, tens of thousands of small businesses here domestically closed in, in 2020 and 2021. I mean, why not prop up those businesses? You know, obviously we don't have the money, 33, 34 trillion in debt, but it's like if you're going to prop up small businesses, how about starting West Virginia? Mm -hmm. For goodness sakes. They do do not care about... The government just doesn't care about its fundamental duty and its fundamental reason to exist. They simply don't see it that way. And a lot of that's our fault too because we let them get away with it. And I keep making this point over and over, and I don't know why more people aren't on the anti-war side. But, like, the arguments for prolonging this war make absolutely no sense. Like, you heard Nikki Haley a week or two ago saying, oh, you know, if if we don't beat the Russians, they're going to conquer Poland next. When in reality, the Poles are, are getting fed up with Ukraine. You know, they're talking about how they're going to cut Ukraine off. They're, they're not, they're not you know, too hot on, on sending them money indefinitely. I don't know why they still kept sending them money after uh, a Ukrainian missile killed a couple Poles. Um, what was that, about eight months ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they lied about it and blamed Russia right to the Polish government's face, which is, I, mean, I can't I can't even fathom why they would keep sending them checks and, and tanks after that. But, um, you know, I, I keep making this point that it's been a year and a half and Russia has conquered less than 20% of Ukrainian territory. Poland has five times the military power of, of Ukraine. I mean, like it's, the argument doesn't even make sense. They're, oh, they're going to start a war with Germany. Germany would destroy the Russian military. <coughs> Russia has a conscripted army with a bunch of outdated weapons. They have MiGs from the 60s and 70s. They have tanks from the 70s. I mean, it's just not, if anything, if this war has proved anything, it's that Russia is not a threat to NATO, to Poland, to Germany, certainly not to North America. Are you kidding me? Obviously, they have nukes, so they're a threat to everyone on the planet, quite literally. But in terms of conventional war- warfare, they're not. I mean, my goodness, they've, they've struggled with Ukraine how can Nikki Haley or Joe Biden or any of these people with a straight face say, "Oh no, we gotta, we must crush Russia because they're gonna conquer"? Po- Come on. Yeah. I mean, they they wouldn't make it a mile into Polish territory. Are you kidding me? And also, I think war is just different to how it used to be. All of this is being based on the Neville Chamberlain response to Germany invading places like Czechoslovakia and Poland and things like that. Of, oh, don't worry, it's not going to go any further. But not every army is the same. If you look at the capabilities of the Nazis in the 1930s, the way they swept across Europe, Russia hasn't swept across anything. As you said, they've made they've taken a year and a half to make ridiculously small inroads into a country that really doesn't have a massive um, military capability to fight back. They're not going to invade Poland. And even if they did, that's something we can actually deal with if it happens. The idea that we should indefinitely support one country because of this completely fantastical idea that they might invade another is just absurd we do not live in the same situation that if russia got the momentum of taking ukraine they could take poland they've almost exhausted their resources doing this it is not like nazi germany it's just a lie that they're pushing just to justify sending over blank checks and again we can have the discussion of whether or not we should be funding anything but the idea that we are funding something where there is no expectation in return there's no expectation of peace agreements we have people in the um, in the Biden administration actively saying that peace is basically not the goal here. Well, That's there's the, the problem. It's there's, the head, there's the article on the Hill last week. It was uh, maybe two weeks ago. It said, uh, oh, what was it? It was fears of peace talks uh-huh. arise. As, you know, headline what, in history. Like, so to our government, to the West, the worst possible outcome is peace. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you people, what what on earth? What on earth is wrong with you people? Yeah. I mean, it's why why would why would Putin want to invade Poland? Why? Like, what could he possibly gain from that? He wouldn't be able to hold it. China would dump him. China doesn't want war. The last thing China wants is war. 
you kidding me? They just want to screw around in Africa and expand their sphere of influence unnoticed, you know, unchallenged. They don't want war. They don't want massive land war in Europe. It's bad for business. My, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's preposterous. And, uh, I mean, speaking of Nazi Germany, we got to talk about the Nazi stuff, Ian. Uh, <laughs> so Ukraine doesn't have a Nazi problem. That's Russian propaganda. That's why Vladimir Zelensky, Justin Trudeau, and the entire Canadian government gave a literal SS officer a standing ovation the other day. I mean, you, you just can't make this stuff up. It's just wild. Absolutely wild. So now they're, they're backtracking, they're apologizing. The House Speaker who invited this guy has resigned, all that stuff. It's obviously hugely embarrassing for them, but just the fact that no one did a background check on this guy and the way the media is still talking about him as a Nazi-linked veteran. It's like, no, the SS is not Nazi-linked. Nazi-linked. I don't think it's fair to say that every German who fought in World War II is a Nazi because some people were conscripted, some people were essentially forced into it. If you join the SS, that is a voluntary unit. Yes. You have to be a bloodthirsty psychopath to want to be in the SS. This is not a good guy. The fact that they are still calling him Nazi-linked is just really tantam- uh, testament to the fact that the Ukraine narrative matters above all else. You will defend literal Nazis if it means defending Ukraine. Just a side note here. Why did that guy show up? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, no. what? He, he remembered fighting with the Nazis. Surely. What did, think was, what did he think what was going to happen? Like this I mean, is—it's so such a bizarre circumstance. What 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 did he expect? What did anyone expect to happen here? I mean, you had a bunch of Nazis who went to Canada, and I think Canada have openly defended giving them asylum. It's insane. Like they should all be hanging from a fucking rafter right now. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, America too. Operation Paperclip. I mean, how many Nazis do we bring over to work for NASA and, <laughs> and in the sciences? Yeah, it was thousands, I believe. So anyone in the SS has uh, one place they should be, and that's burning somewhere. These idiots have been programmed to hate Russia so much that it's like they forgot that the Soviets were on our side in World War II. Yep. Well, even the um, the House Speaker, when he introduced him before one of these standing ovations, he said he was a World War II veteran that fought against the Russians. It's like, hmm, that's a head scratcher. There was one military, one, <laughs> that fought against the Russians in World War II. <laughs> it's like... You can't even make the case that he was Italian or Japanese because they weren't fighting with the Russians, Ian. <laughs> it was just the Nazis. It was just Hitler's army. That was it. The only one. My and goodness. The, and the specific unit it was in, I think they call it the first Ukrainian division because they want to whitewash the whole Nazi thing. But the division he was in, I obviously don't know if he was personally involved in this, but one of the crimes they committed, they burned like a thousand Poles, Polish civilians yeah. to death yeah. alive. Women and children, yeah. Like, you know, oh, a veteran. He's a veteran. Well, the Polish government wants wants the guy now. <laughs> they, Good. They're, they're asking they Trudeau to investigate him. They're like, uh, I don't know. We might have some uh, unfinished business for this feller. I don't care if he's 98 years old or whatever. Yeah, I hope they get him. Ugh, just disgusting. Honestly disgusting. And then the funniest thing, in a very, very dark way, was when Trudeau came out to pseudo-apologize and then immediately started talking about Russian dis- uh, disinformation. It's like, what Russian disinformation? You're the ones who invited a Nazi and then kissed his ass on national TV. Putin didn't make you do that. Unbelievable. <laughs> the Russian propaganda is so strong that Vladimir Putin's tricking the West into praising Nazism. <laughs> I mean, I, gotcha. I mean, like, are the Russians going to use this as a propaganda point? You bet. They should. <laughs> I mean, Why it's true. You? It's like, what? Can you blame them? It, it's right. I mean, it writes itself. It's right there. They're not lying. You know, they might be evil, but they're not lying. Goodness. Unbelievable. It's honestly sickening. Yeah. Absolutely sickening. Nazis. I mean, come on, man. Can we, like, I get that there is no bottom, but can we draw the line at Nazi, at not literal SS officers? Like, yeah. if, if, there, if there can be a line in our society, can it be there? If not, then where? Like, what, like, what are we doing? Well, especially if, as the word Nazi is thrown around as just yet another insult. You know, you have Trudeau's who's called members of his own, con- um, citizens of his own country Nazis just for opposing him politically. It's like SS are ultimate Nazis. People need to understand just how evil the SS are. Yeah. And it's just uh, shows just the historical ignorance, the willingness to just protect Ukraine over all else. Uh, it's it's sickening. I, I really have no words. It's just sickening. I wrote about this yesterday for Washington Examiner. I ever, I've obviously been listening to the show for any period of time. You know that I think all politicians are gangsters. But it's really getting to the point, Ian, where I feel like, as Americans, we deserve better gangsters. (laughs) We really do. 
I mean, Bob Menendez takes literal gold bars from Egypt as a as a as a bribe. Gets home, whips out his laptop, and Google's how do you sell illegal gold bars from Egypt? It's like, come on, man! Like you're a career criminal, you got to be able to move a few pounds of gold without getting caught. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's almost like an insult to our intelligence. It's like Woodrow. We used to have proper villains in this country. Woodrow Wilson was a professional. You know, like FDR was a professional. These days, we're surrounded by amateurs, man. It's embarrassing. Well, doesn't you know Bob Menendez have a you know crack addict son who happily take <laughs> take all of this and launder it for him? I mean, that's basic stuff. And where's a crackhead when you need one, man? <laughs> it's just it's amazing. I I think what I found kind of funny is to to flip the script a little bit here is the conservative reaction rather than good at least we're actually going after some people who are obviously corrupt the now the uh conspiracy theory people on our side are saying like oh well this is just to distract you from the real issue like they're setting him up like i think trump came out and said that he was innocent or something to that degree <laughs> it's like what is going on uh, are you paying attention ian everything is a conspiracy if you want it to be yeah i mean sometimes politicians are just idiots and like, like, look, our government, members of our government are doing nefarious, evil things all the time. But the politicians themselves are typically the dumbest and least nefarious among them. Like, honestly, I think the journalists are more evil than the politicians half the time. Sometimes they're just taking bribes, man. Sometimes mm-hmm. the dude just wanted a Mercedes, wanted some gold bars and 500 grand of cash from the Egyptians. Like, sometimes it's it's just that simple. Now, would all these Democratic senators be calling for Menendez to resign if... You know, the governor of New Jersey wasn't a Democrat? Of course not. Do they actually care? Of course not. Are they all taking bribes? Yes. <laughs> like, of course. Like, did, did the did the deep state, did the feds really want to take down a Democrat? No. Did they wish he was a Republican? Sure. But it's like, he's already been under investigation multiple times. He barely beat the last rap a couple years ago. Did they want to, you know, do this? Probably not. But they're like, look, I mean, there's so much, like, what are we going to do? We just, come on, we got to keep up appearances ian like we we can't let i mean it's so brazen it's so blatant they had to they had to take him down sometimes it's just that simple sometimes it's just yep. a dude who wanted some gold for goodness sakes and one more thing about menendez i just love that he did the uh the uh, andrew cuomo i'm not a pervert i'm just italian he's like i i'm not a crook i'm just cuban man it's how we are it's oh like, dude, goodness. come on these people are just willing to throw their own nationality under the bus it's it's hilarious man just so ridiculously racist, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm I'm not I a know. sexual assault guy. I'm just Italian. I'm just Italian. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I think I think you hit the nail on the head though, is like most of these politicians not only are they stupid, usually the simplest explanation, you know, Occam's razor is the actual solution or the the actual answer here. So maybe the fact that someone like Hunter Biden is a multimillionaire is because he's selling access to his dad. It is so obvious. Can we just move forward and actually admit that, that all politicians, all of their families are very wealthy. There's a reason for that. Uh, there's a reason all of the Trump family made absolute buttload of money afterwards. There's a reason the Obamas are multimillionaires now. It's all about selling influence. That's all it is. Of course. Yeah. I know. I, I, I know. I mean, people really galaxy brain themselves to death. Look at Bob Menendez. Is he a criminal mastermind? Look at the man. His excuse is that he's Cuban. <laughs> Okay, but like you're not dealing with like geniuses here. I mean, I, I feel like we do deserve some legitimate gangster. I mean, the economy went to shit. The country's going to sh- the moral fabric of society's falling apart, and our crooks are just pathetic. Like Goodfellas is my favorite movie. I'm sure I'm sure you like Goodfellas, mm-hmm. considering you're a grown Great man. <laughs> Remember when Jimmy Conway told Henry Hill the two most important rules in life are never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. <laughs> It's like our our criminal class just really I mean, like, look at Trump with the classified documents. He goes on talking to a journalist. He knows he's being recorded. He's like, check out these documents. They're classified. Make no I could have declassified, but I didn't. They're extremely. It's like, Mr. President, always keep your mouth shut, man. Like, it's like, don't we deserve some real crooks like these people are? They just suck at crime. Like, get better. Like Trump's There's a, a billionaire, man. You're, you're not jail. making a billion or whatever, one to seven. He claims he's worth ten billion, but you're not making billions as a New York real estate developer without being a crook. Yep. I can't believe he's not better at it than he is. I think you can afford to be 
a worse crook if you're in the democratic sphere. And I think that the second, you either have to be a terrible crook to be brought down if you're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, then you don't even have to be a crook. They're after you from the beginning. But I also think Trump got used to being careless when he could get away with it when he was in the media. I think completely different rules if you live in the media. The moment you live in politics, there's a reason Hillary Clinton isn't in jail, because she's right. very smart and she doesn't incriminate herself on tape. It's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, he also rats on his friends all the time, too. Yeah, he's, amazing he's really... how you run out of friends when you throw, throw them into the gutter. Yeah. And now it's looking like a couple of these guys are going to flip on him, too. Um, Mark Meadows, I think, is going to be next. One, one of the I always forget which is the girl fake lawyer and which one's the guy. Is it Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood? I can't remember which one's the broad, but one of them flipped Sydney on Powell. him already. Sydney Powell, that's the woman, Sydney Powell? Just, uh, I would flip. Why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. You know, you're not in a gang. I'm not going to prison you're... for, yeah, then, well, he's not going to kill you. It's like, he, he's making, he, it's also one thing, if he was actively defending people, if he was paying for people's legal fees, if he was actually showing people a modicum of respect in return for what they've done for him, that would be one thing. Like, I think that would be kind of shitty if he made someone he still supports them and then they flipped him in like, okay, that's, that's one thing. But if he is actively saying like, no, you're on your own and you're surprised that people are looking out for their best interests, like, what do you want here? Loyalty is a two way street. Not with Trump. <laughs> I mean, Trump, Just, Trump hasn't showed loyalty to anyone except for maybe not, Anthony Fauci. He refused to fire that guy. I don't know who gave him a medal, Brady. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember who was president. Who was the 45th president of the United States? I, I don't know. I don't recall. Interesting. Trump's the 47th president. <laughs> No, he's not. No, he's uh, he's not. He's not. And like, look, anytime I point out that Trump is not doing himself any favors legally, it's just like people screaming at me on Twitter saying like, Trump shouldn't go to jail. Look, it's a hypocrisy. Look, Hillary Clinton's not. I'm like, I'm not saying I want Trump in jail. Of course not. But I'm like, he goes on Truth Social and he he says that Mark Milley should be executed. <laughs> it's like. Guys, you know they're just gonna call him as a witness in one of the in like the J six trial or whatever, and then they're gonna use that tweet as like, see, Trump was intimidating a witness, and they're gonna hit him with another felony or whatever. Like, not that that's right or good or that they should do that, but it's like, guys, he's just handing ammo to the enemy to shoot him in the face with. Yep. And it's like, and I'm not being like a rhino or whatever for pointing this out. I'm like, I don't want Trump to go to jail. I'd rather he be president than Joe Biden, obviously. But I'm like, maybe don't say that a guy who's more than likely going to be a witness in one of your trials where the enemy is trying to send you to prison the rest of your life, maybe you shouldn't say that he should be killed on the internet. Like, I, I just don't... Amateur. These are yeah. amateurs. Like, my goodness. If he had well, half... Also... If he was ha had half of the smarts of Jimmy Conway. <laughs> my goodness. Or Pauly Cicero, or whatever his real name is. I don't think, I don't think the actual crime family were the Ciceros. They were called something else. I forget. It's been a while. I think the problem is as well is just the expectation of the people around Trump and the people who still love Trump is that this stuff is funny. They're stuck in the meme land of yeah. Oh, hilarious. So well, it yes, there's an argument to be made that it's funny, but does that help you win? Of course not. But it gets you clicks on Twitter, and for people making a buttload of money on Twitter, that's great. Yeah, I mean the the un the lack of seriousness in the entire MAGA movement is just. Look, man, when you've got Carrie Lake, and and Roger Stone, and Laura Loomer in charge of a movement, Jack Posobiec or however you pronounce that pronounce that Fed's last name, can't remember. I mean, it's like yeah, man, if these are the leader of your uh, leaders of your movement, how the heck do you expect to win? How the heck do you expect to win races? How do, how do you expect to win hearts and minds? You have the dumbest most simple-minded dullards in charge of PR for your movement. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, golly, Carrie Lake is the reason why Arizona is blue. Yep. Single-handedly destroyed the Republican Party of Arizona. And it has real-world consequences. Governor Hobbs is trying to get rid of the uh, school choice programs that uh, Doug Ducey put into place, talking about uh, maybe 100,000 students she's going to try to take away those checks from and force them into failed government schools. I mean, those kids will kill themselves. I mean, those kids will get hooked on drugs and die or be shot by gang members or whatever. All these things that happen. Get pregnant as a teenager and all these, you know, all these things that happen in government schools that, though, that wouldn't have happened if they had school choice. I mean, Carrie Lake could have, you know, shut her mouth, one, and then protected those students, but she didn't. 
I mean, like when when Republicans are idiots and lose elections that they should have won, people die. Economics is life and death. I mean, like it's something like when the unemployment rate ticks up one percent nationally, something like forty thousand people die, mostly of suicide. Like this, this isn't fun and games, man. <laughs> like it's it's real fun for people like Trump and Carrie Lake to just complain about how they oh we're I'm I'm the real governor of Arizona, Stacey Abrams. I'm the real governor of Georgia. Like, I get it, it's fun, and people send you money, and you go on Tim Pool's podcast and everything else, but people actually die when that happens, you know? Like, when you talk shit your way out of the presidency, and then Joe Biden perpetuates a war with Russia for two years, and you know, it's like, people are dying because Trump isn't president right now. I mean, it's like, this, this is a matter of life and death. I mean, politics is important. When you're talking about the most overfunded, bloated government of all time, the decisions that the people at the top make kill people or save lives. Maybe we can get back to actually winning and, and, and get back to the business of saving lives. But what do I know? Well, I think the problem is they've discovered that you can make a hell of a lot of money by losing. And there's there's no consequences. If the goal is just to say what you want, make money from 10% of the population, and then you don't have to win or lose, why would you bother trying to win? Winning is hard. Like yeah. You have to make compromises. You have to be careful. You have to look where you're treading. You actually have to be knowledgeable. You have to be consistent. If you just do whatever you want and you can make a lot of money from 10% of the country, why wouldn't you just do that? When you realize that the commentator class that surround Trump, they don't care if he wins or lose. If anything, if he loses, it's better for them Oh yeah. because they can play the victim. That's of the course. problem is our side doesn't want to win. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like, who do you think? It, it's not just it's not just the MAGA movement, too. I mean, like, do you think the NRA, do you think the National Rifle Association likes it when a Democrat or Republican's president? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's money-making glory if, if a Democrat's president. Yeah. Their donations probably triple. <laughs> I mean, I, I talked to a guy um, who was interested in sponsoring, an arms manufacturer that was interested in sponsoring the podcast a couple years ago, or maybe 2018, 2019. And uh, he's like, look, I can only uh, I can only do it when a, when a Democrat's in office because we sell twice as many guns. <laughs> he's like, dude, it's the Trump slump, man. He's like, we're not making money. The industry's not making money. It's called the Trump slump. We're just not moving product, so sorry. Like the podcast, but we don't have any money to advertise. He's like, yeah, but you know, if if a Democrat wins, heck yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna expand, open up a new factory. You know, I mean, they're like looking forward to a to a gun grabber getting like, you know, it's that's just how it is, man. Yeah, which is that's fine in in the world of business, but politicians shouldn't be in in the realm of making money, and they are, right? At least the the world around them is. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money, a lot of money going around. It's just going to be interesting, man, because Trump's probably not going to win next year, and he's also not going to be alive in 10 years more than likely. And it's like there has been—and don't get me wrong, I'm glad that the old GOP's dead. I mean, good Lord. I mean, you know, the Lindsey Grahams of the world and Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney. Like, I'm glad that those people aren't in charge anymore. But it's like they've replaced one completely useless, inept party that can't win with another useless, inept party that can't win. Mm-hmm. And it's like— I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to last. Like, I'm glad, like, I don't know. It's pro- It may even be a net positive that, like, MAGA replaced, like, the establishment. But, I mean, they've just become the establishment, and they're just as ineffective now, which is kind of what always happens. But it's like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know how long this phase of, like, GOP politics is going to last, where it's just, like, run for office, say crazy shit, suck Trump's dick, don't care if you win or lose lie and say you really won, <laughs> you know, fundraise, rinse, repeat. You know, like, I really hope we aren't dealing with that for, like, four election cycles because the country's going to yeah. be a much worse place. I think the the difficulty I have with all of this is that I look at what basically every single American wants in terms of policy, in terms of how the country is run. They all want Florida. Everyone wants to live in a country that works more like Florida than California. Because that's really the choice right now. There's no middle ground, unfortunately. It's, it's all extremes. Everyone loves, at least on our side, everyone loves Florida policy. And yet the person who actually did all that, no one wants to consider. They want Trump, who gave us more California policy than anyone else. Yeah. And it's, is, and no is now pro-choice, attacking the pro-life movement, um, saying that the heartbeat bills are, are immoral. Not quite sure how you square that circle. Easy if you're a Democrat. Florida under Ron DeSantis paid down all their debt. Trump said he will never, ever reform entitlements, meaning entitlements will be gone within 10 years. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's options. People don't want it. You can lead a horse to water, but 
yeah. know? I don't understand. I mean, it's, things change fast, man. Like, look at the different phases of, like, the GOP over the last 10 years, 10, 12, 15 years. I mean, there was... The GOP was moving in a very libertarian direction for a long time, which is something I liked. You know, people were talking about balancing the budget, lowering taxes, getting out of all these wars and all that. And uh, what replaced that, like the Ron Paul kind of movement that was never, like, super popular and never, like, won a ton of seats, but it dragged, like, it forced Mm -hmm. the people in charge to, like, give concessions and stuff like that. But it's like now, with the MAGA people, like, there's no actual, like, underlying principles. So, like there's no group actually dragging like the party in one direction or another on any actual policy. It's just say crazy shit online and praise Trump and that's it. But there's no like, you know, if that, if that's your movement, if that's what you're doing, then the people in charge, the Mitch McConnell's of the world will just say, okay, I'm ignoring you. I'm just going to send all your money to Ukraine. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, you're not actually being effective. You're not actually doing anything because you're not winning elections you're not putting the fear of the Lord in, in the bad guys. So we're not actually moving the ball in the right direction. We're just kind of, it's just a circle jerk. We're all yelling at each other and you know posting memes. But yeah. like we're not accomplishing anything. Again, you can make a lot of money not accomplishing anything. Sure can. There's just, there's there's no incentive because, because there's no moral backing to any of this. I, I, I don't think, Trump is obviously not a moral man, right? You, a lot of the things he did was moral or were moral, but he is not a moral man. And the movement around him is certainly not moral. You know, you have people defending goodness knows what. You've got the, you've got all kinds of ridiculous, um, contradictory positions being pushed, like the idea that any pro-life policy is actually bad. You know, it's just they'll happily throw any part of conservatism under the bus if it gets them the attention in the moment. But when that is that is the core of the movement, there are no principles. You can't hope to have any principles because all principles are based on some kind of moral standard. And so the thing that rushes in to fill the void is just making money. And I actually feel bad for, I mean, it's like they're they're doing something very wrong and immoral, so I shouldn't feel bad. But I actually feel bad for, like, my friends who are, like, MAGA influencers who are just, like, completely debasing themselves and just going along with whatever Trump says. And they're like, yeah, he's right, you know, Ron DeSantis and Mike DeWine and Greg Abbott shouldn't have saved those babies. <laughs> it's like, man, you just, you get that, like... That podcast is going to always be on the internet. That article is always going to be there. That tweet's always going to be there, man. It's like you're selling out your, what you've believed your entire life for clicks. It's like, dude, Trump doesn't love you, man. He doesn't yeah. care about you. He wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. He doesn't know you from Adam. And it's so embarrassing. It's so disappointing and embarrassing. These people should be ashamed of themselves. I, th- I mean, they've taken a blowtorch and cauterized whatever nerve makes them feel shame, apparently, But at this point. But... Man, they're gonna they're gonna wake up after the Trump years are over and Trump's long dead and and you know and the GOP shifted to the next thing, which always happens. You know, movements don't last very long. Reagan, mm-hmm. you know, all, it's it's just like it, it, every movement has a time and a place, man, and it goes away and could be a year, could be ten years, but it doesn't last very long. And these guys are gonna look back and like, man, I've I've really pigeonholed myself. Like I've, I've really burned a lot of bridges. I've sold out all my principles. Nobody wants to hire me anymore. Nobody wants to have me on the shows anymore. It's like a lot of people are going to be hurting for a long time because they're so short-sighted. They're so addicted to the clicks and the attention and the being in the in-group, in the club. And they're not even thinking about their own futures, let alone the, con- the future of the country, for, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the key thing is that I, I somewhat understand the desire just to do whatever makes you money gets you attention in the moment but as someone who who left one area of work for this one because i actually wanted to make a difference i'm con i i try and be constantly guided by just a set of principles that i actually care about i'm constantly doing things that are actually bad for business yeah if you look at the businesses making money i'm yeah i mean just doing what we're doing now criticizing trump speaking out against dear leader you think yeah. we're getting invited on other shows because of this or nope. we're getting speaking opportunities because of this I actively lose opportunities every single day because I'm saying what is true 100%. or what I think is true. And you're doing the same thing, I'm sure. But it's the problem is there's so many people out there who do not care about their own movement. That It's just the latest vehicle. A lot of them would be actors in Hollywood if they could be. They just flamed out of Hollywood, so this is what they're doing. Look at how many commentators or people in our area of work tried to be actors beforehand, tried to be entertainers, tried to be something else. That didn't work. And suddenly they became these diehard conservatives. They do not care. It's just this is where the money is being made. 
Yeah. And it's not just the commentariat class anymore. These people are running for office. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it, it's a, it would be annoying, and it would be a giant pain in the ass and a problem that we have to deal with if it was just the commentators. But Carrie Lake, Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, you know, like, these people are running for office and, destroy, and, and losing seats that we should have, that good men and women that actually give a shit and want to make a difference. They're getting edged out by Carrie Lake, a clown, a literal clown. You know, one more thing, and I don't, I never bring this stuff up on the podcast because it's just like, it's just not why I have a podcast to talk about people's personal lives. Like, it's just not interesting to me. It's just, it, I, I don't care. It's just not, it's not my beat. But it's like, I am a, I, I'm a devout Christian, obviously. Everybody knows that. And as a religious person, it's like, you do notice just toxic elements of the movement. And it's like, it's like every woman around Trump is cheating on their husband. You know what I mean? And getting divorced. It's like Lauren Boebert. She was married for 20 years, has five kids or whatever. And then, like, she gets famous and starts cheating on her husband and divorces him and all. And, and it's like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, same thing. Uh, Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota, who's hanging out with Trump all the time now. She's a married mother and grandmother. And she's having an affair with Trump's campaign manager. And it's like the whole world, like, Trump world is just infected with something, man. It's like there's just something in the water over there, and the, all these people are like amoral clowns who seemingly don't even care about their own families, their own spouses and children. They're so caught up in the fame, in the club, in the MAGA world, and the money, and everything goes along with it, that they're just they're falling apart as human beings. They're becoming worse people, <laughs> you know what I mean, by proximity to this this movement. And it's like... Does does no one notice? Does like some of Trump's staffers, other congressmen, other people, you know, these people that haven't like totally lost their minds. Like, look around, man. Like, why why is this happening to everyone in the movement? Like, something's wrong, man. There's something is spiritually sick with these people. Unfortunately, I think it's the natural outcome of caring about power more than you care about principles. Right. And I think Trump is the face of that whole issue. Is that he's always cared more about the media. Anything that gets him attention is good. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Makes sense in the media. Doesn't make sense if you're actually pushing ideas. You see a lot of these men right now online who are pushing, oh, marriage is so wonderful, you should all get married. Half of them are cheating on their wives or have cheated on their wives. There's, there's this sense of if you just say things, then your own behavior doesn't matter. And then the people who actually behave, who actually do what is right, they're looked at as prudes. I mean, I think the funniest thing was I upset a lot of people when I posted that picture of Trump signing that woman's shirt right above her breasts. Right. And I said, you know, nothing more conservative than signing tits. And I, people were more upset than I that I sarcastically said tits than they were than the supposedly Christian head of the conservative <laughs> movement signing a woman's shirt above her breasts. And then you had the this, this same super, super conservative Christian group, uh, some people sharing a picture side by side of, DeSantis speaking with a mother's group and not groping a single one and has never cheated on his wife, hasn't had multiple marriages fall apart, hasn't had sex with a porn star, but he's the loser because Trump is signing a woman's shirt like he's a rock star. That is a deep rot within our movement that we can say with a straight face. Like, I'm not Christian, but obviously American conservatism is at its core Christian or Judeo-Christian. Right. People can say with a straight face that, this is the Christian side. This is the side of values, of family values. And then they can celebrate someone like Trump signing breasts. It says everything. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, why, if you hate the, you know, like the, the past GOP or whatever and, and all the values that came along with it, and there's a lot to hate there, but why, why even claim, I mean, why don't these people, these influencers and the politicians just give up the facade and just say, no, like we're not a, like a religious movement, we're not a conservative movement, we're right-wing, um, but we want a big government, we want to wield power and force Democrats to do stuff that they don't want to do at gunpoint, just like they want to force us to do stuff we don't want to do at gunpoint. And, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of taxes, we're not going to fix entitlements, we're not going to care about morality or abortion or anything like that. It's like, it, it would, like, they'd save themselves a lot of time and hassle if they just said, no, we're this, like, secular, degenerate movement like the Democrats, but just on the right. I mean, that I mean that's what they are. Like, why don't they just admit it? Like, I don't know why you're trying to like play both sides of the coin here. Like, 
we're these religious Christian conservatives, and then also, like, we don't believe anything that, like, Christian conservatives believe. You know, it's like, I don't get it, man. Like, I, I don't know why they're even trying to talk out of both sides of their mouth there. Like, Trump doesn't really have to. Like, I don't think Trump would lose support no matter what he says. You know, people are just all in on Trump. So it's like, I don't even know why Trump isn't out there signing all the tits he can find. It's like, we all know that's who he is. Like, why Like why are we even pretending at this point? Well, because I think a lot of these, the people below him, most of their support comes from people who are actual Christians, who actually have some principles. And so they pander to that because they know that's where their bread is buttered. You know, these people will still go speak at churches. They'll speak at Christian events. You know, they'll find the biggest crucifix in the drawer to throw on when they need to go speak in front of the right crowd. And then someone like Lauren Bobo will go up and grab a dick at the next musical she can go to. You know, it's, it's all bullshit. But unfortunately, people get pandered to very easily. There's a reason politicians on both sides around election time will suddenly just develop a love for Mexican food. Or, oh, my God, I've always loved collard greens, black people. Can you please vote for me? I love the food you love. I always, you know, I always keep hot sauce in my purse. <laughs> you never know, you know. It's just, oh. honestly, you know, if, if Jews were a bigger voting base, suddenly people would love bagels every four years. Right. Locks. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I just don't. You know, the, the funniest thing about Lauren Boebert is not the grabbing a dick thing. It was what she said when the the bouncer or whatever was kicking her out. What did she say? She said, do you know who I am? <laughs> and this is what I need the MAGA people to understand. These people just became the new establishment, man. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, they are not dissonance. They're not anti-establishment. They love power. They love taking your taxpayer dollars and spending it on whatever they want. They love it. They love the power. They love ruling over you. They love the feeling of superiority that elected office gives them. They're not your friends. They are just like Mitch McConnell. They're just like Chuck Schumer. They're just like AOC. AOC is actually probably the, the the closer comp because, you know, Bobert and AOC are both have room temperature IQs. But it's like these people are not like the, the freedom fighters that you think they are. They are yeah. the establishment. When they get caught doing something bad, do you know who I am? I'm a politician. It's like, guys, y'all bet on the wrong horse, man. And you can keep betting on that. Like you can like their policies. You can like whatever. But just understand who they are. Understand yeah. what being an elected official makes you, what it turns you into. And it didn't even take very long. Like, Lauren Bobert's been in office for like three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's already missed, do you know who I am? It's like, yeah, man, these people, <laughs> I, did it. they're the establishment now. That's how fast it happens. And also, I do think there's a difference between when conservatives do this and when Democrats do this. I'm so sick of the whataboutism of, well, does it matter if our side act like this because the other side is worse? It's like, yes, but we're supposed to be better. We're the people saying that there should be principles in terms of behavior, in terms of sex, in terms of relationships, in terms of how you behave in public. So, yes, it matters when one side doesn't think that stuff matters and they do it. There's a difference between that and when our side says this isn't OK. Marriage is important, but also I don't care if this guy cheats on his wife. Yeah. It's I mean, unbelievable. If, if my atheist neighbor cheats on his wife, I'll be like, OK. If my pastor cheats on his wife. I'll probably show up to his house and punch him in the face. You know what I mean? Like, I take that a lot more personally than some random atheist. I mean, of course. If you claim to be, if you claim that you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you're not, it's fair game, man. You should take the abuse. You deserve it. You've earned it. Don't claim Especially to live a certain way if you're not willing to, to back it up. And not only that, they want other people to supposedly live this way. Someone like Lauren Boebert is standing there and justifying every single one of her positions on her supposed faith. And then her faith is, you know, getting her tits out and grabbing a crotch. It's just a joke. And what amazes me is that people are so deep in this, they, they don't have the guts to say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. This does not mirror, um, mirror my values. I'm done. People are too deep. Also, ladies, Lauren Boebert's like 40, you know. You don't need to be given public hand jobs at 40. You know, you're 40. <laughs> you're 40. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You have five kids. Like, right, Don't you know like, who what? she is, Brady? Who? Good question. Oh, oh, she, oh I, thought you, all right, I thought you were doing a bit. <laughs> no, sorry. No bit. No, Just good. mimicking her words. We have to wrap up here in a second, but I want to get to... You, you touched on how these influencers are... And it's been all over Twitter for the last month. It's insufferable. But everybody's debating marriage for some reason. That's where we are as a society. I don't get it. But yeah, so there's the, the right-wing influencers. Half of them are all just saying, every man, you're not a man until you get married. you got to get married right now. And then there's all like the red 
pill man movement thing, which is like, never get married, don't trust women, women are evil, <laughs> you know, like this ridiculous, I'll say it, gay kind of st- stuff on the right too, like this Andrew Tate stuff where it's, you know, I'm like, what? And you look at the these people debating with each other. The get a vasectomy, you can always reverse it later. Never get married, you know. It's they're only after your money. Blah 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 blah. They'll take your kids and all this. And then like, no, you got to get married at 19, you know. You know, and all this. And it's like you look at both sides. I'm like, I can't. I don't know if there's another cast of characters on this planet who I want to take marriage advice from less <laughs> than yeah. these people who have yeah. appointed themselves the experts on marriage. And it's like, dude, I've been married for 13 years, man. I've been married a long time, and I don't know anything. In marriage, you have good days and bad days. You have good years and bad years. Like, it's just, it's tough. you got to work at it. It's hard. It gets better. Sometimes it gets worse, and then it gets better again. And it's like, I don't, it's just, it's tough. Every marriage is different. Every family's different. And it's like... I don't know. I don't know why these political commentators have taken it upon themselves to try to tell young men what they should do in terms of marriage. It's like, what a, I can't wait for this national, quote-unquote, national conversation to move on to something else because it's, it's getting a little grating. Well, I think there's two things here. I think one is that Twitter has sent this into overdrive in that ridiculous debate gets the clicks, and so you have people actively trying to fuel really dumb stuff just because it, it'll get the clicks and people are literally getting paid for clicks. And so that's a big part of why you're seeing some of the morons who are pushing the anti-marriage stuff and then the response. You know, they're both fueling each other. But I also think there's a, a real black hole in the conservative movement where it comes to responsibility. People on both sides do not want to talk about that word. They love to talk about the outcomes or what you want to happen. No one wants to just take responsibility. And ultimately, that's what marriage is. Marriage is two people taking responsibility for each other. They're taking responsibility for vows they're making. And they're moving forward together. You don't have to do that when you're 18. The idea that you have to find someone when you're 18, you have to get married. That's why a lot of younger marriages fall apart, because you're not the same person. You, your values change. But at the same time, the idea that marriage is wrong because of that is obviously bullshit. It's just a vast oversimplification because they're just searching for people to be their audience. So you have one side trying to get the Andrew Tate crowd of women are evil. You know, you should treat them like crap. Come watch my videos. Then you have people on the other side of, you should get married, never have sex before marriage. The first person you meet should get married to. Marriage is great. Marriage never has any problems. You should watch my videos. There's no one in the middle saying the unpopular thing, which is marriage is important. Marriage makes people better, but marriage is also incredibly difficult and is a large responsibility. It will not always feel like the right thing. It is something you have to work at every single day, but that doesn't sound good. That's not going to get you the clicks because people want easy answers. And so it's just... It's just a mirror of where our society is right now. It's just marriage happens to be the topic that's showing it. Yeah. I mean, apparently telling people to eat their vegetables and <laughs> be responsible and be a moral human being doesn't get the uh, the Elon Musk Twitter dollars flowing too fast, huh? Nope. It doesn't. I mean, Elon Musk isn't exactly the most moral guy. Look at his history. It's like all of the people that are being lauded as heroes in our movement. Even the supposedly conservative ones, they all have pretty dodgy histories in terms of what they wanted to do or how they've treated people. It's just, we need better heroes. We really do. Or no heroes. Yeah, no heroes too would be good. Yeah. I mean, the, the heroes of the right, Donald Trump, kids with three different women, Elon Musk, different kids with four different women, I think. Russell Brand, maybe a rapist. Lord knows how many children that man has. Yeah. I'm sure he's not aware. I mean, like, you know, he probably doesn't even know how many kids he has dozens i mean it's like and here's the thing and bridget fetis tweeted this out and she caught all kinds of guff from all angles of the internet but i mean it's it's totally true like you know and here's the thing the conservative movement should not have claimed to be this like clean as the driven snow christian conservative all we care about is our morals party for the last since like 1980 right because it was never true it's just not like a political party and a political movement is about winning elections and wielding power. It has nothing to do with morals. has nothing to do with anything, right? It is an amoral. It, it doesn't have the capability of being moral or immoral. It's just a, a mechanism to help you gain power over your enemies, okay? That is what a political party and a political movement is. But they tied it to, you know, the religious right and to morality this whole time, and— Bridget Fantasy retweeted her tweet from like 20 
16 or whatever. And she was like, hey, look, Republicans, if you go with Trump, you just can't make that argument anymore. You can't have, like, yep. the religious right argument anymore. That's fine. You don't have to make that to make the case that, like, you know, we should cut taxes and close the border. You know, like, it's not essential for Donald Trump to be, like, a, a Bible-believing Christian. But she was 100% right that, like, you can't go with Trump and also still claim to be that. You have to pick one. And for some reason, the light, the right has been trying to do both those things at the same time to disastrous effect. Yes. Right. They've made themselves a mockery to the middle, to, you know, to basically everyone outside of the movement itself. So it's like, yeah, man, they had a choice and they chose yes, <laughs> A or B, and they chose yes. And that's just not how life works. They made their decision. And they thought they could eat their cake and have their cake and eat it too, and it's it's not how it that's not how life works. It's also just it makes it obvious how much politicians think their voters are stupid. Like you have Trump who goes to Barnes and Noble, buys a Bible that probably still has the price tag on it, and holds it up as, "Oh, this is my family Bible. I read it every day." I don't think he could tell us the first book of the Old Testament. He has never read the Bible. It's quite obvious he hasn't. But why do we have to pretend he has? I would respect him more if he said, "Like, yeah, look, I'm not a religious person." These are my policies. Cool. We're on the same page. But people want to be pandered to. If you reward people for pandering to you, they're going to do it more. It's it's really a problem on our side, I think, on the voter side, on the consumer side, is that people love to complain about the quality of the product they're being sold, and yet they keep buying it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when uh, <laughs> some journal asked Trump what his favorite Bible verse was, and he said, two Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> It's like how guys in the army say like the the date and before the month to January instead of January second. I I just yeah I know man it's like it's 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 pathetic. It's that pathetic. Jesus guy loved him. <laughs> or and then what what's your favorite Bible verse? Another answer was all of them. And then he said uh <laughs> and then he was like the one about uh you know taking an eye for an eye or whatever. And it's like okay, all right Don, it's all right. You can you can go back. You just. Always keep your mouth shut, Mister. <laughs> Never rat on your friends. Always keep your mouth shut. My goodness, Ian, my brother. Thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody check out your show, which I highly recommend? It's fantastic. Where can everybody subscribe? Where can everybody uh, check out your Substack? Follow you on Twitter. All that good stuff. Yeah, you can find my show, which is Off Limits with uh, Ian Howarth. You can find that on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, if you head over to all of my social media, it's I G H A W O R T H. That's the best way, uh, place to find links to the videos. Find links to my Substack, all of that stuff. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Oh, 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 oh.